Welcome back, neighbors, to another episode of Brews, Booze, and Reviews. Today's episode is part two of our Junkyard Taproom Takeover. And we are here, me, Knox, with... We got to do this. still here. And... I'm Chris, and I'm sorry for the language. (laughs) And Mr. Aaron himself. Yep, Aaron from Junkyard Brewing Company. Yes, and next to him... Jade. And... Chef Kev, ever-present and mentally fleeting. There you go. <laughs> We're really struggling to keep him on track today. Oh, yes. That, the ad head is hitting me hard. So we're going to go ahead and jump into uh, part two uh, of this episode, and we're going to do some tastings and samplings and get some stories on how maybe some of these beers were made since uh, Aaron is still here. Thank you very much for sticking around, Aaron. I do have one quick question for him. came back. I, I thought of one. Okay. Um, so... I like your crawler size, your cans, because you can share if you want to, but you don't have to. Um, However, I've always had a problem with spilling every time I open them. Yeah, like when you crack it open, it splashes on you. Yeah. Yes. And that... Any tips or techniques? Well, hopefully that's more of a memory for you than a more recent occurrence. It hasn't happened lately. Yeah. Lately, we've been able to get our fill levels more dialed in, um, which I could go... Should I go into that? Do we have time for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time in the world, man. Okay, so previously... And this has been a complaint that's been on, on online. A complaint or a... I mean, it depends on whether you well, look at the crowd. It's, 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 it's not a big it's deal. It's been mentioned. It's just sometimes I, for, I would forget to open it over yeah. the sink, and I'd be like, all over my... I just got used to, like, to putting my hand over the top of the whole can <laughs> and cracking it into my hand and then just kind of licking lick my your palm. Hand. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I'm okay with that, too, because means, wife. you know what, there's less oxygen, which means that, uh, my beer is going to be better there you go. Yeah. and it's but, filled all the way yeah. to the top and that's why we were doing it that way um with the, the homemade canning line that we had and prior to that when we were filling off the taps the best way that we had to uh the best method process whatever you want to call it uh that we had available to to consistently make sure we didn't have oxygen in those cans was to fill them full to the brim that way there's just less room for air to be in those cans um, so they stay fresh longer? Yes, because oxidation, once a beer's in a can, as long as, even if the ba- even if the beer has the spoiling microorganisms in it, for example, let's, let's say we got a delicious IPA and it's got lactobacillus in it. If that beer is kept cold in the fridge, the lactobacillus probably isn't going to cause a problem. So even if you have spoilage microorganisms in a beer, if you keep it cold, it's probably not going to become an issue. Especially a lot of fruit in the beer, too. Yeah, it's not going to... It probably won't start fermenting that. It probably won't become an issue. Just keep your beer cold. Um, Regardless of spoilage or anything else, keep your beer cold because it it stays fresh longer. It slows down oxidative reactions. It keeps the flavors fresher longer. And it's just, in general, no, even if you're trying to age a beer, keep it cold. Yeah. My PBR never, almost never sees a fridge. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you call it he's what? a floor beer guy. Floor beers. <laughs> That's gross. But, you, but you also <laughs> got to consider... It doesn't need to be... licks them off the floor when somebody he spins it, it as he's opening the can. It doesn't That's need to gross. be that cold. I, yeah, I, like, so, I like mine at room temperature. I actually <laughs> find that... You're just coming too from anxious to wait until they get chilled. Fine you're German lager. Coming from a small town... That's a that's like a life hack. Uh, most people, if you bring a, a twelve pack to a party, will not take 
one of your warm PBRs, they will take the cold one out of the fridge. Yeah. They'll take a cold whatever. Yeah, they'll so touch the can, can and be like, I'm not drinking this. Exactly. Swill. So like, you're I saving that for that. yourself. <laughs> it's smart. That's why I have a pink lighter. People don't steal those either. No. Well, there is a perfect temperature to I'll sell your beer. If you're, if, like if you're into the dark, dark beers that are uh, bourbon barrel aged or, or port wine barrel aged or fooder barrel aged. Uh, shout out. Yeah. Um, that you can actually settle them, and that's usually between uh, forty-five to fifty-five degrees, as long as it's dark and dry. Um, yeah, I always recommend that people just put it in their fridge because if they're trying to, very few people have a legit cellar to put their beers in, mm-hmm. so they end up just sticking them on a shelf in their basement or whatever. And but that's still a good spot, though. Yeah, mostly, right? <laughs> I just tell people to put them in their fridge. Uh, very few beers get better with age. They just change. And they don't necessarily get better. They just change and become different. They just condition more, I think, right? You, you get more oxidative reactions over time, which is oxygen reacting with the beer. Okay. And in the, in the right way, it can improve a beer. Um, it can give it some complexity and whatnot. But in the wrong way, it generally just makes it taste like cardboard. And that's not really a positive flavor. It's that not a desirable. It's my, that's my favorite part of PBR. And a lot of flavors. <laughs> the, car- the cardboard. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going like I didn't hear that. <laughs> and, uh, and so. Perfect. Fiber. The heat and time and oxygen just kind of like ruin flavors all t- uh, just across the board. Um, if you if your beer has any adjuncts in it, like say it's a coffee, a coffee or a coconut, whatever imperial stout, those flavors are going to drop off with time. So if those a lot of those beers are not good candidates for aging either. And I think we're kind of seeing a we're kind of seeing a little bit of an end to the age of aging. You see what I did there. Um, <laughs> the end of an age there to the whole aging uh, trend. Can you please preface your jokes? Yeah, I am a father, so <laughs> I that's still, what I do. Well, I still remember the first time I bought, I think it was Abyss, right? Yeah. Who make, I forget who makes that. Deschutes? I think Deschutes, Deschutes was yep. Abyss. And uh, I had bought a bottle and I looked on it and it said best after. It had a best after date, which told me, put it away and then drink it later. And I, psh, nope. <laughs> I'm not waiting that I'm long. If you're going to sell me a beer, it should be ready to drink. That's how I thought. You, you put proved it on them the, wrong. So I bar- set it down on the floor next to your PBRs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't do it probably. With, I don't do it with IPAs and stuff, uh, stuff like that. But like, dude, who cares? I'm okay. going to do this PBR pretty. Where fast. were we before we got on floor floor, floor PBRs? Anyways. I just oh remembered God. we were talking no. about the fill level. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, We, we, we did slightly. Can I wrap that, that up? And yes, then we please. go on to. Yes. Okay, cool. So, the fill level. So, the best way we had to keep oxygen out was to fill it to the brim, and that caused it to splash all over you and your $1,000 wool sweater. <laughs> cashmere. Um, when, you open the, when you open the can. Your cashmere suit? Yeah. Tons of us exactly. are wearing $100 yeah, sweaters. Your open circuit board. Um, so. Since since then, in, in the recent past, we've we uh, added a little modification to our basically just the sensor and some programming to our canning line. You just, so that, did you just purge with CO two before you fill? Is that yeah, kind of like always? De- always we've always purged with CO two before filling, but then there's always the chance that the CO two is going to blow away, and then the space is going to be filled with air or oxygen, yeah. right? So. The best way to make sure that the extra space in your can doesn't have any oxygen in it 
is to cap on foam or to have foam filling up that extra space. Yeah. Um, so our cans are, spo- are, are labeled as 750 milliliter cans. The can itself actually holds more than 750 milliliters. Big surprise to some people, but that's the way it, it's like a bag of chips. You get a 16 ounce bag of chips, it could actually hold probably 30 ounces of chips, but <laughs> yep. they got some extra space for whatever they're packaging. So, they, so their are. chips can like get crunched up into smaller chips. Yeah, that's so why. you got to be able to fit 750 milliliters in these cans. They're slightly oversized. You can overfill them and fill them to the brim if you want. And that's what most Minnesota breweries are doing to avoid oxygen getting in their beers. Um, and we were doing that, too, because that was our best method to keep oxygen out. Uh, the best way to do it, though, um, is to have fill the beer to the specified amount that you're labeling your cans for, which should be 750 milliliters or 25 point whatever ounces in Minnesota. And then you create foam to fill the rest of that space in the can. So there's foam on top of the beer. And then when the can, when the lid gets seamed onto the can, it gets squished down, it squishes out the foam. The foam is full of CO2, um, which displaces any oxygen that's in there. And then after the, after the, um, the lid has been seamed on that foam subsides and turns back into beer inside your can and you get a nice little quarter inch to three eighths inch space on top of the can that's filled with co2 Mm -hmm. that was in the foam and doesn't have any oxygen in it so Mm -hmm. with the addition of a sensor and a little bit of programming we were able to get our canning line to do that and what happens is when the the beer get the can gets filled First, there's a CO2 purge, then the can gets filled, then the fill, the fill heads start to raise up, and then when they reach the surface of the beer, they stop, and the CO2 purge opens again and like blows bubbles into the surface of the beer to create a repeatable, consistent layer of foam on top of the cans. So it's um, a machine that blows the bubbles that's not somebody here? No, it's okay. not. With a straw? With a coffee straw. <laughs> Yeah, it's the machine. It was like that's my dream job, right? Yeah, we had a beer blower. We had three guys on the line with those silly curly straws, and they just blow bubbles in (laughs) beer all day. Yeah, the machine stops and blows bubbles, and we have a six head filler. It blows bubbles into all six beers, Um, and you can uh, the the time of that the time of that little bubble blowing. bubble blowing step as I'm going to call it is is, uh, measured in milliseconds so we can we can dial up or down by the millisecond how long that happens with a lot of beer faucets in general like it's funny a beer faucet I don't have one of those in my house <laughs> it's funny to watch since you mentioned beer faucets I would totally home, take a, more baths it's hilarious to watch a new person like someone who's never poured a beer before try and use a, a faucet because they're usually really timid and they crack the faucet just slightly and it shoots nothing but foam straight foam yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get the what I call the Hillary pour because we've all seen that so that image oh, of Hillary yes. on like yeah. the meme of her holding a half glass of foam. Yep. She's proud of. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that concludes the question of, of uh, why the headspace yeah, selling the cans. And now we go into the head the space of you arguing with Chris about peanut butter in beers because oh. your peanut butter bandit is kind of award winning, is it or not? Just peanuts. Or the Doesn't king size? peanut butter. I Chinese. hope you forgot you've forgotten, but nope. Technically, it's won some awards. I don't need to argue with anybody to tell you that I. It's not a. 
I'm not a fan of any peanut butter beers. It's there's fine. Not, it's you're wrong, and that's not a big deal. There's not one I've had that has uh, translated for me. I just don't. I really like peanut butter. They're like, oh, you're just not a fan of peanut butter. I'm like, no, I'm not a fan of peanut butter beers. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's not. We don't have to have an argument, but we can if you want. <laughs> no, <laughs> while you're here, I, I know for a fact that you can't use real peanuts because the peanut oil does not go good in the mash it and making beer. It, it just separates. doesn't break down well. Yeah. You could use you, you could use real peanuts or, pe- yeah, you could use different various peanut products. But the closer you get to a real peanut, the more trouble you have with the oil and whatnot. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so how do you brew your guys's? That's a secret That's that I secret? actually know the answer to, <laughs> but I'm going to claim as a secret because it um, is a secret. You don't so give much, it away. Yeah, we put so much time and effort into figuring that out. The right, correct recipe. Yep, we've done lots of different things, and like if you followed our social media in the early days, you would have seen us like dumping peanut butter Captain Crunch into our uh, mash and stuff like that. Wow, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, so we've experimented with a lot of different ways to get the peanut flavor in there, and we've got. Well, uh, maybe you can so answer me this. Then. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you do you yourself like peanut butter beers or no? I do. It's usually not my go-to when I'm drinking a beer. I tend to like. I think I like uh, king size better than peanut butter bandit. And or what's I'm, the difference in that brewing procedure? What, what are you What are you getting less of or more of in either one of those? I think I like King Size a little more because it's a little more similar to uh, the inspiration for the peanut butter beer, which is a peanut butter cup. Okay. It, you got the chocolatey malt character, and then you got the peanut, and that's why they, they work together in food. They work really; those flavors work really well in food. And so I think with King Size, you're just getting a little clo- because it's an imperial stout. I think you're just getting a little closer to that um, food inspiration for the beer. I'm sorry, I don't remember the. Are those uh, barrel-aged, the king size? Well, the last are. releases of the king some size Some of them were. Okay, yeah. I just... I'm some sorry. are, I'm, some I'm old. I wasn't trying to remember. I know I've had that yeah. when I was trying to process either, in my either head. Way. Which Willet one it and was. Buffalo Trace was the last one. Okay. Yep, yep. Either way, my go-to would probably be the king size over the uh, Peanut Butter Bandit, just simply because I like that, like... It's got more body, more sweetness, more chocolatey character. It's just a lot more rich overall, and, and I kind of like that. Although I don't drink a whole lot of King Size in terms of volume because it's a really high ABV beer, yeah, but right. I would tend to prefer a little few sips of that over the Peanut Butter Bandit, but a lot of people just love the Peanut Butter Bandit because it's so drinkable. Okay. Jeff? I have one question before we dive into uh, sampling and notes. And this has been a big conversation on beer people and craft beer people and all those sorts of groups on Facebook. Craft My beer podcast people. pants? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I just had a, a little one scoot by me and it freaked me out because I'm not used to seeing children in breweries. Where do you <laughs> stand on children in tap rooms? Uh, Obviously, I'm with favor. a young child. I'm in favor of it. I have an 11 year old daughter. Um, and this. I could probably ramble on. I could probably ramble on from this subject into a lot of other subjects around the tap room experience, but right. and I, I tend to like. I like having uh, kids allowed in, in tap rooms because uh, I think it keeps it keeps the environment a little more like. I mean, having a family friendly, it, it just keeps the environment family friendly overall, and less uh, which fights. Is, yeah, 
it yeah. just it kind of keeps everybody in the back of their head thinking like, oh, there's some kids around. Maybe I should, you know, modulate my behavior and not swear be, so much. Be a little more. <laughs> We're doing you know, pretty good. Maybe I should be responsible. Maybe I should be a little more appropriate. Maybe I should just be a, a little better example to the rest of society in general. Yep. There you go. Um, so I kind of like that aspect of it. I like the aspect of. Uh, a parent, a parents being able to bring their kids in without having to find a babysitter and find and have a space where they can bring their kids and have it be cultur- absolutely culturally acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see you got something to say. I just wanted to add something before we change the subject, but totally coming from uh, at one point in my life, I was a single father with two little girls. Um, this would have been in the '90s, where you really didn't have that option. No. Um, so, which would have been kind of nice, but I'm not saying I would have brought them. Depend on the time of day, but yeah. you know, it would have been nice to have that option well, as, a, as a single parent. And it's like, oh, I guess I either go buy off sale or I have to go get a babysitter and pay him or her whatever per think, hour to watch. Think about if your daughters were the same age now as they were then. Would you do it now? Because the culture has changed. That's a confusing yeah. question. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm asking, back then it was less acceptable to bring children to something like that, but now it's growing, right. oh, more right. growing. And if your kids were the same age now, would you bring them to, like, Junkyard? Um, yeah, you know, that's a good question, because my parents would be like, oh, geez, yeah. look at them bringing their kids in when there's alcohol served and people See, swearing right. and my saying family, the word. My a, family was different, and uh, when my dad, sure my dad had, like, quit drinking by the time I, I was around to remember things, but I still remember going to the bar with him, because he would go and play cribbage, and I would go try and play pool and then eat pizza, but like growing up around that culture, to me, I thought was fine. I am small town Minnesota. Learned a lot of new I words definitely and stuff. was brought out, I mean, you know, before 10 o'clock, brought out because You went into bars when you have... weren't supposed to. It was just okay. Well, I mean, I... yeah, like, if you're a kid... I lived in Halstead, Minnesota yeah, for what, a couple what, of years. What's a kid I yeah, do? and in Minnesota specifically, it's more of a small-town business policy mm-hmm. question than it is a legal question of whether mm-hmm. you can have right. kids oh, at a bar. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm talking about right. the 80s for yeah. myself and oh, the 90s? mid uh, later oh, 90s for my daughters. But, yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to add that. You know, as back Definitely. in the day, we really didn't have the option as a single parent to be able to bring in. Ooh. And I've heard stories of a lot of people who got left in the car. Right. That, yeah. was, the that was me. Yeah. Well, their parents or, or their dad or mom or whatever would go in and have a few beers for one. And you'd get left in the car outside. <laughs> that's boring. I'm that's BS. The oldest yeah, child and was suck. left babysitting. I think as, you a, know? Yeah, as a kid, and this gets into something that I, another thing that I think is important is um, just setting just being a good example for the next generation and yeah. saying like hey this is like we'll get together in this family friendly atmosphere we'll have some beers exactly. we'll do it we'll do it in moderation and we'll have we'll we'll set positive examples for you kids growing up we'll be responsible i think it's like examples and well, negative it's like experiences raising a dog too you bring it to the dog park Get to learn to deal with other people and other dogs. Yeah. But, I mean, me growing up uh, and like going to bars with my dad, you know, or whoever in the dog park. But, you know, we're just in a small town, so like he'd go up and have a Coke and play cribbage while they made pizza and then we're going to take it home. But you're talking with all these other people and interacting with all these other people and you kind of learn more how to talk to people and how to, I don't know, interact with everybody. And I think it's a good I was had a good. 
Well, we didn't have those exactly. back then. But, <laughs> but, we, but you learn what? you learn just different things because you're around so many different people, and I think that's always a good thing. Yeah, to geek out for a second, um, they've had this kind of like stable culture around alcohol in Europe for hundreds of years. Uh, the U.S. has had a much more up and down culture around alcohol, where prior to Prohibition, colonial days, Americans were boozing way more than the rest of the world. So we were, Still we were on this, we were on this huge bender um, in colonial times, and then up to Prohibition, kind of went cold turkey for a little while. And now we're kind of getting back to what I think is probably an equilibrium state, yep. where we're operating a little more similarly to Europe. American um, society has a tendency to overcorrect a lot. Yeah, and I think that's well what's, said. What's happened over the last two hundred years is we've gone to different polar extremes, and we're finally starting to level off when it comes to alcohol. Hopefully, we can mm. figure things out a little bit faster with the cannabis legalization that's going yes. on. But hey, okay, well, I really appreciate those thoughts on on, on things going on. It's um, tasting time, but baby. I would really like to start trying some of these beers. Yeah, and wait, some you stories. haven't tried any yet. <laughs> oh wait, I've tried them all. Am I supposed <laughs> I to be sober? I'll get to try them again. <laughs> Yes. So, is there a specific beer that any of you want to try first? We're going to wait for this uh, swimming in chaos for a little um, bit later. I have one that I just had a total freak out moment on. I'd really like to talk about. I want to talk about the Midnight Spider. Midnight Spider. I, I, I will assert Midnight myself Spider. on that. Okay. This one was a 12.5% ABV. It's a big He rode stout. So, this is with black walnuts, marshmallow fluff, cocoa nibs. And lactose? I had a no I had lactose. A, in this no no lactose. lactose. I had a friend that I work with. Uh, was just in here like two days ago, and he was like, "Oh, you have to try the Midnight Spider." But tell me if you can taste the walnut. Maybe I don't ta- know what walnut tastes like. I don't know what walnut tastes. Tell me if you can find what walnut tastes like, and tell me if you can taste it. And so he was confused, but he really liked it. Because of the cocoa and the marshmallow in it, and he thought it was really good. But he has a really tough time knowing what walnut tastes like. And I said it's the other flavors. Yeah, I I don't think a lot of people just sit down and eat walnuts. Well, Um, they're so hard to crack. You got to hang out with more raw vegans. (laughs) You have to have an old school phone to crack them up. Flip phone, bag of walnuts on one side, a razor, a case of floor PBRs on the other. There you go. <laughs> oh my god, now we're bringing it back. L I V I N, just living. Do <laughs> they keep PBRs when you drink at Duffy's? Do they have like Beetle Duffy, Beetle Duffy's? I do it how they want me to do it. Do yeah. they have a case set aside, warming especially for you? I still don't think in the winter time you're. The house is at 69 degrees. A floor beer is fine. All right, let's keep on Every track, once guys. in a while, they drop one, and then they just leave that one there oh, for him. Well, you put that at him. the bottom. Right. So this Midnight so, Spider actually Midnight Spider. There you go. smells amazing. Yeah. It smell, I like. I feel like I'm just sniffing a cup of hot cocoa. Or s'mores. It's yeah. sweet. Or, yeah, s'mores, too. Um, it's sweet. It's it makes your mouth water just sniffing it. I didn't put cuckoo for cocoa puffs. I did put oh creamy, my god, yes, creamy chocolate milk. smell, marshmallow, and cocoa puffs on the yeah. nose. Lots yeah, of that marshmallow sweetness, man. But my chocolate that I got off it was dark chocolate. See, when I smelled mm. it, I felt like I was smelling milk chocolate, chocolate milk. When I tasted it, it was very much a dark chocolate. Yeah. 
My, my two favorite parts of this is Good the twelve and a half percent ABV. Yeah, yeah for sure. And your second one is the twelve and a half percent ABV. And, and no, the actual creaminess uh, of the whole thing, how it all mm-hmm. mixes together, and is just delightful to drink. It's a really good, nice sipper for me. You know that this yeah, is like, not killing these. Like, hey, you know, it's a little cold out, but I, hey, I, feel, I warm up with one of these, just mm-hmm. sipping on it. This would be one of those good beers that you let sit for like a good half hour, 45 minutes yep. in the glass, and then just open up all those. Heaven forbid you let it warm notes. up. It's be a good ice fishing <laughs> beer. Hey, you know, I'm a firm believer that there's some beer flavor and aromatics that are lost on ice cold beer. I think some beer should yeah. be drank a little bit warmer well, that than that goes without saying. Ice cold. Uh, it doesn't I, uh, no, it doesn't. apply to lagers. But no, not like <laughs> lagers, no. Imperial yeah. Stouts, yeah, but lagers <laughs> typically, no. Hey. <laughs> so I get an uh, interesting story about this beer. I I met Peter Buchart, formerly of New Belgium, on a hop tour on Yakima, Washington this Ooh. past fall. And I gave him a can of this beer. I don't never, I never heard what he thinks of it. But I gave him this and a barrel-aged scout camp that I happened to have with me at the time. Oh, we'll nice. let you know what he says when he yeah. gets a hold of I us because he's he obviously listens, listening. I'm sure. I doubt he's... Shout out. I, we don't need more shots to our ego. Just let us have it. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't heard what he thinks. Probably <laughs> never will, but interesting story nonetheless. That's awesome. You said that it tastes like baker's chocolate, and I don't get that as much. Yes. I get... Less Who said Baker's? Somebody said Baker's chocolate. I said, no, I said, you said I said dark, dark. darker chocolate. Okay. Yeah. okay. I get more Baker's uh, chocolate. So I think I think when you taste it, it's a little more bitter than than creamy from the chocolate. I get that too. You get Chris. a little of that bitterness, kind of but dryness, okay. still super creamy. I'm, There's cocoa nibs in. Go ahead. It's definitely more creamy than most imperial stouts. It's not. I got more milk chocolate on it. From from me, and that might just be the creaminess coming out from the marshmallows, but and Aaron, and you the said rocky the co- road, the cocoa nibs. Do you actually use cocoa nibs in this one? Yeah, we use cocoa nibs in this one, and those are going to provide a little bit of bitterness. Um, cocoa nibs. Maybe you've had them, maybe not. Uh, I'm not going to call anybody out on whether I've they've had tried cherry, cocoa nibs. But I've had cherry nibs. Really? I've never heard of those. What the hell is what? that? Don't you guys remember those? <laughs> licorice bites, Little yes. packets of licorice. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Nibs. Come on now. Wah, licorice wah, nibs. Wah, wah. Come on. You got me. Okay, so cocoa nibs are, uh, that's where chocolate Some comes from. Say. But uh, a lot of people haven't had them raw just as cocoa nibs. And they're they're... It's a lot more like eating a, a nut. Uh, it's with a chocolatey flavor to it. Um, so it's got it's got a little bit of bitterness to it, a little bit of kind of a husky flavor to it. Bitter dryness. Yeah, a little maybe. bit of dryness. So that adds a little that that kind of accentuates the roasty bitterness that this beer has. Um, a lot of the bitterness that's going to lead toward like a dark chocolate or baker's cocoa flavor is coming from roasted malts. Um, roasted okay. malts have a bitterness that kind of dries out a beer. A little bit of astringency it also dries out the beer. Um, so that's that's helping to balance uh, the high finishing gravity of this beer. This beer finish is fairly sweet compared to a lot of dude. Beer. And twelve and a half percent, it doesn't feel like it's gonna punch me in the face. It doesn't. Uh, this no, is it's, deceptive. It's, it's just not boozy. Like, yeah, like, that's that's good. You and, don't feel like it's a, well. It's scary because <laughs> they're like. I'm going to start slamming it. Well, you know, I did put a nice sipper. It is something I want to sip on, but to catch up to you in a in, Yeah, in after a your third hurry. crawler, you're like, oh, maybe I should slow down. Yeah, third <laughs> crawler? 
beer's 64 ounces. Right. You know? <laughs> Do your thing. Well, then we also have this uh, this uh, Swimming in Chaos Cookies and Cream Stout. Yeah, do you want to keep rolling? Otherwise, yeah. we'll be uh, yeah. swimming in chaos. Uh, yeah. Liter- yeah. Literally. <laughs> yep, yep. No, so this was also a stout, and we let this one warm up a little bit. And this is a, a new can release, and it's not released on tap yet, but it will be. Now, on this one, I know uh, having some of this at home already, the nose on this is tremendous. It, it tastes, it smells just like those Oreo co- chocolate cookie wafers. <laughs> just big cookie, like roastiness up front. Yep. Yeah, the the... The flavor and aroma are, I think, pretty spot on for what we were going for. Uh, yeah, big vanilla too. My, my main concern with this beer is a lack of head retention. I like even with imperial stouts, I like to see a little bit of head retention. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the oils and the cookie crumbles that we added to this beer just just kill the head retention immediately. So um, that's the only downside to it. But if that's not something that bothers you, which no. a lot of Imperial stouts don't have a whole lot of head retention because of the high alcohol percentage. Um, so if that's not something that turns you off with an Imperial stout, then it doesn't uh, with not, me. Not, it's not at all. something to worry about. And that was a thing that was mentioned when it was poured. It came out. And we're like, that's like straight goddamn molasses right out of there. <laughs> did not it's taste nice like, and flat. But did it's, not ooh. taste like molasses. No, no, it's dynamic. It's actually pretty light. You would think a, a well, stout that looks this thick would be much more aggressive, and it, it doesn't have that bitey, barrel-aged flavor that I was expecting it to have, and I'm glad it's not there. Well, you are coming off the uh, 12% Midnight Spider, so in, <laughs> yeah, into a 9.1%. Yeah, and down to eventually we'll finish up with a... You yeah, pay too yeah. much attention, not, man. We fell down way down to 9.1%. I'm not huge on stouts, but I, I wouldn't put this back. Um, it's It's got a lot of cookie flavor, and it it doesn't kick you in the face as much as a lot of stouts do. I definitely would continue to drink this one. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I liked it. It was sweet with a big mouthfeel. Like, you're it, doing something. Yeah, I heard a, I heard a brewer say recently that, stout, that like big barrel-aged and big adjunct stouts have mass appeal. He said these, are, these flavors are like chocolate, coffee, vanilla. They're dessert flavors. Why... Yeah. Everybody likes these flavors, um, so when you start looking at the beers that way, um, they have mass appeal. That in that sense, yeah, it's definitely got a. This would be really good to have one of you know this oh, half, half pint, half pint yep. after a meal. This would remind me of like the, the old Mc, the twist cones from McDonald's. Okay, kind of reminds me of that. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, uh, speaking of mass appeal, like it's surprising sometimes how someone will come into the tap room and they'll say. Yeah, I don't really, I'm not into craft beer or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then we'll say, hey, do you like dark chocolate or do you like chocolate? And I'll say, yeah. And then, okay, try this. Give them an Imperial Stout. And they go, whoa, this is, I like this. Right. I didn't know beer tasted like this. Because they, 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 up to that point, all they had had was a PBR beer at my off house. the floor. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I introduced oh. everybody. Anybody got a tally on how often this is coming up today? <laughs> this is good radio. This is good. This isn't radio. This isn't That's, radio. Th- that was kind of our whole thing when this got uh, going was that, you know, a lot of people, we have all those friends that they don't drink anything but Budweiser or Bushlight. A lot of friends that they'll just drink Bushlight. They go to a bar and Bushlight. It's like, have you tried anything else? Ah, I don't like 
craft beers. I don't like dark beers. I'm well, not a maybe, big fan of flavor. Maybe you just haven't had the right one yet. I was never a big fan of IPAs, but over the course of 363 days, yeah. we've we've had a few, and dang, now I'm kind of starting to narrow down what it is about certain IPAs that I may not like. But there's other IPAs I've really come to appreciate. Yeah, and all- sours are... Yeah, I'm getting there, but we're working on it. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking baby of steps, baby Spe- steps. Speaking yeah, of sours, let's, let's baby shark. Da, 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 da. I'm sorry. Sure, don't you dare. <laughs> Swimming in chaos. Da, 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 da. So you guys have the beat totally wrong. Um, but let's moving switch, on. Let's switch up to go from a stout. Something to, sour. Are we done with the swimming chaos? Yep. Okay. Yeah. What is this one? So we're we're this is the experimental ex- sour. With pomegranate, cherry, and lemon zest. It's a 5.1 ABV. Chris gave it knuckles. Spontaneously fermented in wine barrels with lactobacillus and bretonomyces. The sour is complex, sweet, and features a dry and bubbly finish similar to champagne. Is that because they used some some champagne type yeast, like That's, a brewed IPA? No, definitely not. Okay. Um, I, it, I if I was to, I don't know who wrote that menu description, but I would replace champagne with kombucha. Yes, yeah, so yes. I would agree with yes. that hundred percent. Yes, that um, tartness. Yeah, it's got it's funky and it's tart and fruity at the same time. A lot of the kombuchas, I like I like kombucha. Um, I don't drink a lot of it, but I like it. And a lot good of for com- the gut. A lot of kombuchas are are um, they're not unlike mixed culture sour beers. They're brewed with a blend of of uh, lactobacillus and probably some acetobacter, probably some wild yeast. I don't know exact. I don't know enough about kombucha to say exactly what's what's in that culture, but it's a mixed culture of microorganisms, not unlike sour beer, mixed culture sour beer. It's kind of lemon dominant on the nose. I don't get a yeah. lot of that. Oh, wow. I didn't smell. So this Hang on. this beer yep. was uh, a little bit spontaneous. Oh, yeah. In in how it got made. Um, also in in uh, did you use dried that, lemon zest or did you use fresh lemon zest? Fresh, fresh lemon oh, that zest sucks. That fresh took a long death. time. Yeah, fresh. Uh, we happened, and that leads right into my story. We had so we had this mixed culture. We had two uh, two oak barrels of this mixed culture sour that we didn't really have a plan for. We just put in barrels and allowed it to uh, ferment. And some of the cultures that fermented it were indeed spontaneous. They weren't cultured in a lab. There were also some lab cultures that contributed to souring it. So kind of um, wild, but not completely. Yeah, kind of yeah. wild influence, but not in- entirely spontaneous. Yep. Um, Excellent. And so we had these barrels, and we didn't really have a plan for them or know what we were doing with them. And we happened to wind up with a couple pounds, I believe it was a few pounds, of fresh lemon zest, uh, which our brewer Peyton had ordered, and he got too much. He He ordered extra, which is smart. He ordered extra lemon zest for this beer he was doing called uh, Everyday Carry, yep. which had almond and lemon, and, and it tastes like a lemon bar kind of. Ooh, and he had a little extra lemon zest, and we were... Like lemon jello. Yeah, we, we thought, we got to use this lemon. This lemon zest is super expensive. It was like, he did a 10-barrel batch, and it was like $700 in fresh lemon zest. Oh, yeah, and, that's about right. And <laughs> It's not cheap. It's Ooh. poop. It's expensive. So we had this extra <laughs> stuff, and we were like, we're not going to throw this away. So um, we thought it would be a good idea to add it to this sour, which had a lot of lemony characteristics. 
turns out that lemon on top of lemon was a little too intense on the lemon. Um, so we <laughs> That's a lot of lemon. What? Yeah. Lemon plus lemon equals a lemon? Equals lemon squared? E- equals like a lot of lemon to the <laughs> it's like pledge. level of like pledge. Lemon. Lemon. Well, yeah, me was, swallowing my tongue. Just well, like, it was a lot of lemon. So we, I'm uh, not saying that from a bad standpoint though. We blended, you know. yeah, no, no. You're no. Sitting, That's why though. we uh, blended some of the other fruits in there as well <laughs> to kind of balance out all that lemon. And then it gave, and then it gave us uh, kind of this nice kombucha um, sort of character, um, which which we enjoyed at that point. Once it had some other fruits blended in, I think that, it, that pomegranate was a wise decision on making yeah, that definitely. transition from lemon well, to the cherry, like the in between there. That was great. We'll have Corey, rounds that. Yeah, yep. we'll have Corey that rounds uh, that pat himself out. on the back. He had <laughs> he had the idea to, to put pomegranate in there. So, what's the, the next job, beer? What is the next beer? Fine question. You're really good at this podcast thing. Well, Jay wanted to talk about the Terminal Delight, and that was the uh, strawberry banana. Well, well, I want to go back to the experimental, because I have a note on here. I I said this would be good chewing on as frozen, as like frozen chips. Oh, yeah. Like a slushy. Make a slushy. Yeah, like a slushy and just eat the the chips. Oh, don't talk about that. You've done beer slushies here before. I'm not a huge sour fan, but I rated, I would... I like this one. I rate it pretty good. Really? And I just that's made a note. Strange. It's so like, reminiscent of sangria to me. No, yeah, that's true. That's true. Hmm. Okay, what's yeah. next? You said Terminal Sorry. Delight? Terminal Delight. Strawberry Banana, Terminal Delight. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the last ones that you've uh, experimented with the banana. Right? Yeah, one of the latest, latest banana experiments. And obviously the goal with this one... And I say obviously because strawberry and banana, um, the, the obvious goal is like a banana strawberry smoothie sort of yep. uh, character for it. So, or a good like juice from uh, Sobe. Juice. Yeah, yeah. Good strawberry banana daiquiri from yep. Sobe. Ooh, that does sound but good. The, uh, the banana is actually the secondary flavor, correct? Yeah, maybe you get mainly strawberry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it uh, was. It was like uh, intense, heavy, uh, like in a good way, biting, like a biting strawberry to nice. it. And like then it smoothed out from this banana. Strawberry is one of the toughest fruits to get to pull through in a beer. Uh, really? So Yeah. Yeah. It's a delicate flavor. Um, it's, it's one of the toughest. I'm a delicate flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me otherwise. <laughs> I'm so glad that you've caught on this early. Oh, God, Chris. <laughs> so he is the new me. Just <laughs> on ya. Strawberry is really on ya. delicate flavor, um, and it's it's tough to get it to pull through. But banana, as recognizable as it is, is still a fairly delicate flavor. Um, even though it's so recognizable, I feel like it comes through even when it is just a little tiny player in the beer. Um, so I think they worked out pretty well together. Nice, nice well, and hazy, reminiscent of a smoothie as well. I agree with you. Did anybody else get vanilla on it? Yeah, I, I did. A little kind of. Yep, that's because there's vanilla like on the in there. Nose? Yep. Okay, you're not yeah. crazy. Because I was like, it was like a really heavy, fruity, but a little bit of vanilla on the that's nose. Awesome I, that you caught that. It's yeah. a very creamy body feel yeah. to it, though. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, and and this really that cream cool soda sour creaminess to it, but like back mouth tart at the same time. It was. Yeah, I thought this. This is one of my favorite beers I've had in a long time. 
Oh, cool. I, I really, definitely, really wow. enjoyed it. As far as yeah. our rating system goes, I gave that one a 5.5. It was my highest rated it beer. High it's my highest rated beer I've had here today. You guys, um, you guys don't have to say nice things because cool. I'm here. Well, <laughs> no. no I, since I you mentioned that, me, Aaron, I've said almost one not thing. one good thing yet. We no. don't we don't I, rate beers in front of brewers. I actually like the experimental sour a little better than this one. Okay. Um, not sure really why. Just I rated them. If I were to rate them, they rated them pretty close. But I did really like the creamy body. Um, I also thought the um, strawberry, strawberry banana terminal delight would be good as like a frozen. Oh yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not cold enough outside for me. No, you're not. This you're you're not wrong. You're just. But I, I did really like the terminal delight. But I. I I wrote down that I like the experimental sour nice. a little better. Nice. And uh, speaking of ratings, that's something I could ramble and rant on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of a lot of people who are getting into craft beer get really hung up on ratings and thinking they have right. to find the they, they have to find the best of something Undead. or whatever. Yeah. Um, beer is beer is for enjoying, and people yep. shouldn't forget that. And it's and very personal. You shouldn't. Yep. Yeah, you shouldn't mm-hmm. let the ratings. Your rating is not somebody else's rating. Precisely. You well, when it ratings. comes to sours and IPAs, he rates those things low, and I rate them high. And peanut butter beers, that. he rates low, He's but I rate high. Dude, yeah, I yeah. on every peanut butter hey, beer. No offense. You poop on that. You poop on them. <laughs> shucks. For me to poop on. Well, shucks, boys. Rats, 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 again. Rats, gentlemen, <laughs> I pooped again. It's not but hop slam. It's, but you're right. It, it's a. I just don't get into that. That's we, fair. But mm-hmm. you know, everybody has got their own little profile. That's why. You know, you you said don't don't say nice things just because I'm here. I would we're not doing. I that. would never do that because nope. people have to trust what I'm saying is accurate from who I am. Yeah, yep. uh, that's the only thing that makes it work. So I think that's the only thing that makes your yeah. beer work too. Is you're making something that you enjoy and that you would drink. You know, in a lot of cases, uh, probably when you started anyway. So it'd be weird for you to, you know, talk up. You know, a lot Thanks. of people don't like beer, and sometimes people will come in here. And for whatever reason, they're here and they don't like beer. Oh, my God. Oh, their friends drag them out. So I've heard this story from, I think, almost every brewery you've been to. Yeah. Where people, especially that stupid untapped app, which I use all the time. Check me out. My name's Chris. Um, but <laughs> easy. But easy, sometimes Chris. I don't Clean. do it a lot. But Yeah, what, what floors me is how people will go in to a brewery not liking beer and then rate stuff at ones and twos. And Dude, like, get drink, out. Drink wine or whiskey and stop rating beer if you don't so like it. So here's something I and then then there's then there's snobs um, on on there's those people and I I I don't know how they even got the app. Maybe it's from the friends who dragged them into a brewery and tried to convince them they like craft beer when they don't. And that's okay. <laughs> you don't need to like craft beer. Nobody mm. does. Like it if you like it. Enjoy it if you want. If you yeah. don't, that's okay. Yeah, I don't need to convince you. There's mm-hmm. plenty of other beverages out there to like. Um, but then there's the snobs, too, that like to keep their rating around a certain level. or They think that they need to have their average at a certain point. Or they, uh, they're they just they're just downright snobby and they they rate everything poorly. And my commentary on that is why are you in... If you truly don't enjoy this and you're rating it poorly, why are you drinking beer? Why are you drinking craft beer? Right. Like switch to wine or, or spirits or something else. Yeah. If you're at, if 
And if you're a snob and you think you're an expert and you know so much about beer that you rate everything poorly, why are you drinking bad beers? If you know so much, just choose a better beer. Yeah. <laughs> or you think yeah. you're better, brew your own beer. Choose a better beer. Yeah. You don't need Preach. to brew. Preach. You don't even need to brew your own beer. Just oh, choose. you're my favorite. Like if you're such a if you're such an expert that you know so much that you're going to rate everything badly, why are you drinking those beers in the yeah, first place? Yeah, why don't you make some yourself then? If you only like if you only like room warm Pabst Blue Ribbon, then yeah. don't come here and do this podcast. <laughs> because Chris, I thought we were getting away from it. <laughs> no, we'll always Brings come it back, back around. We'll always reach down to the floor and grab a... Low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging PBR. That's, no, I, I that's how I like my cheap beer. I like it warm and crushable. If you're doing that, um, in my mind, in my logic, uh, the only reason you're doing that is to make a statement... And or be to be a troll. And be negative. Yeah, yeah. You're, 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 your only reason for doing that is negative, in my opinion. As far as I can reason, I've yet to encounter someone who explains it any differently. I, I think if you're, you're doing that, you'd be better off just enjoying life a little more and saying, hey, I like beer. Uh, I'm going to enjoy beer. Um, and I know enough about beer to always pick beers that I'm going to enjoy and, and love them and not waste my time on beers that I don't enjoy. Right. That's what we do with yeah. food, right? You don't yeah. go around yeah. punishing yourself eating food that you don't like. So why are you doing that on Untapped and other rating apps? I'm learning I'm doing most of the, my life wrong. King House is still open. <laughs> I think that's a testament to that. Well, Sometimes <laughs> eat food that doesn't like me, but I like it. Well, hold on, guys. Why don't we let Ernie take a pee break, and then uh, we'll come back yeah, and, and we'll uh, finish up. We got a couple more, more beers okay? to talk about. Do we have a couple more to talk about? And, and then unfortunately, it, I'm probably going to have to leave you guys. I'm running out of time. Uh, that's fine. Well, well, thanks, thanks for staying with us as long as you did. Oh, I did have one last question for you. Yep, yep, yep. And actually, actually, it's not uh, weird or anything. But so, Why did you have to say that? Because we <laughs> all doubt it. But I, I did have a question for you. Because when you started this business, you were probably the head brewer, right? Yes. My okay. brother Dan and I were brewing just 50-50. Uh, we were both full-time and, and brewing about half of the beers here each. And now you're not head brewer anymore. You're just head overseer. When did you... I do want to know. When, when did you kind of give up the reins? Did somebody steal the reins from you? Or were you like, I, I want to do from a different level thing? No, what happened uh, coincides with some business advice I would give anybody who asks is that you, in business, it's good to define what your roles are and uh, when Dan and I started the business we didn't have any definition to our roles we never talked about what we were doing we were just kind of doing everything both of us and then when you're when nobody has a defined responsibility or roles you end up just button heads a lot like I yeah. think it should be done this way I think it should be done that way well why is this your you know who, who gets the final say nobody's in really in charge or has any clearly defined role <clears throat> And it worked out right away when we were super small, but as the company got bigger and the individual department... The roles like got bigger? Yeah, we didn't have a marketing department of the company. It was just Dan and I just putting stuff on Facebook whenever we had a chance. Yep. But as the company got bigger, like everything like that grew... And then um, you need a social media if, presence. <clears throat> yeah, and I, yeah. not not to get into that specifically, but we just needed to create a, a hierarchy and a definition of roles and things like that. So, so you're not wearing point, every single yeah, hat. At some point, it was me and Dan, and we had a 
we had a business that was primary just to break it down and simplify it we had a business that was that that was a brewery and then the other part of the business was the tap room and the retail side and so we just decided that we would kind of go with what appeared to be our strengths and I, a, I would I like go, that what appeared to be yeah what appeared to, <laughs> what appeared to us to be our strengths and Dan would manage the brewing operations at, after that point and then I would manage more of the tap room operations Sales. at that point and uh, so that's what we started doing and I just started brewing less as a result um, after Dan this summer uh, decided to, to move with his family to North Carolina to Asheville um, I've been getting a little more involved in the brewery but I, I now we've reached another stage of the business where now I can't really even have a department I'm kind of needed in all departments a little bit so I just kind of like watch over at this point I just kind of watch over and help watch over the whole business and help anybody who needs it in whatever department needs you're the coo the chief operations officer i don't even know what i am but the that's kind of that's in a nutshell that's you're what the I rover do. i don't i i don't prefer the i don't prefer the term overseer well the, but overlord yeah I've, i've played fallout the overseer dies in every vault or you could just call yourself like a tony stark well, you've done a really no. good job of uh, uh, delegating <laughs> your tasks out because you guys are creating great beer, man. Yeah, so now uh, just to get back to those two main roles, Corey is kind of in ch- Corey is basically in charge of the brewing part of the operations. Um, Allison is uh, in charge of our tap room operations. Um, Matthias is in charge of the social media stuff. And uh, Lucas, you your delivery Lucas drivers is, too, right? No, Matthias doesn't do deliveries anymore. He stepped away from that to let Lucas take the reins on deliveries. So now yep. Lucas uh, is in charge of our wholesale department. Okay. And, then I, nice. and then Nate, our uh, numbers guy, Nate's in charge of the... Nasty Nate. The, <laughs> that's not his name at all. Numbers. <laughs> not, his nick, <laughs> not his nickname at all. Oh, what, <laughs> I, what I want to say right now would get cut. But He's oh. the least nasty person you'd ever meet. <laughs> Wash your balls. He's, he's the, except for he, he is, I should actually... Um, he is willing. He is willing to eat some things that I would throw away, like, it, like dude, durian. That's got, that's got some mold growing on it. You should probably throw that away, and he'll be like, "No, that's fine. I just cut that off, and it's good." But yeah, um, I guess to sum it up real quickly, that's the breakdown of how the uh, company is arranged now. And uh, cool. after Dan moved, after Dan moved away, I've been getting a little more involved in brewing operations. Uh, but not taking over by any means. We've got four very capable brewers who are uh, carrying the torch as far as the beer goes. Well, I'm I, glad you've got that really so good balance. You know, just like stressing a, yourself. You got time team. for your family well, too. Yeah. Well, one thing they say about running a successful business is putting good people in place so you don't have to do everything. Yeah. Finding people where you don't have to micromanage everything, I mean, I, th- I think that's a lot to as it. The business I, I think grows, you've done a great job. As the business grows, you simply can't um, and, and you, you need to be there for you need to be there for your team. If you've got a team, you need to be there for your team. That's something that I still struggle with because I like to be in the trenches doing things hands-on. But I need to also get better about just being there for the team to support people and listen to people and sit down and talk with them and stuff like that instead of always 
running around trying to make things happen. Yeah. Um, you like the undercover boss. The only thing that I do still have locked down is label designs. I still yep. do all of those. <laughs> right? I well, can, not just yeah. you, but... Yeah, Madeline, my sidekick. Yeah, yeah, your daughter's got a little bit of say in that, too. Sidekick Madeline, yeah. Yep. So, and if you got a... You're going to have to take off, I think you said? Yep, um, I'm going to have to get rolling. So before you go, any last or anything new coming up? So this probably won't um, air for a couple weeks, probably. Couple weeks, yeah. About three so, weeks. So in, in thinking of that, any any new big things coming up at all or any, any place we can well, find you on social any media? Any exciting events you got coming up this summer that you're really I proud think. of? I know you're big like how often do you do that, uh, the, the history thing? How often do you do that thing? We hey, have, the thing with the stuff. Well, the history lesson. Thing. We have tons of events and beer rare, dinners. Rare beer picnic. Yeah, we got rare beer picnic coming up this summer, which is which is huge. It's we would sold love out. to be a part of that. It, that that event sold out in eleven days. Holy um, wow! Last, really? Last summer, a thousand people that's came. Incredible. Um, so that's, that's awesome. We're excited for that this summer. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. We got the junkyard dash five k. We, yeah, we're just we're just packed with with events and stuff. Your bet and beers. I'm not even going to begin to talk about so, beers we're coming out with because your best your best bet there is just follow us on social media if you want to so find where out about can that. We get you on social media. media. All the. Well, I'll know, be tagging them everything, in everything but Snapchat basically. Yeah. Is, it not, just, ju- is it we, just junkyard brewing on everything? Yeah, yeah, just just do your searching. You'll find us. Uh, right on. In, in general, what I would talk about in the, in the future, in the uh, general business sense, is we're probably not going to be making any big expansions or moves like that in, in that realm in the future in terms of capacity. The industry is at a point where I think a lot of uh, found a good balance. A lot of yeah, not a good balance. I think we're a little oversaturated right now. I think we're gonna in the next five, yep. three to five years, we're gonna see a lot of breweries die off. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, sadly for those people who you know put that's their hope and dream and everything like that, but not everybody is. Not everybody's doing a great job in the customer's eyes. There's always going to be that in any industry. And uh, the ones that aren't as favored by customers are just not going to make it in a really competitive market. Painted on the wall, junkyard, dream crushers. And I think... (laughs) (laughs) You're allowed to laugh at it. I'm joking. (laughs) But you guys do a great job. You're the Walmart. Actually, it sounds like a good beer name. Uh, uh, You take that back. You take that back. That is... Hey, on that note, Guys, I read the those book. of us that are out listening, go support your local breweries. Yes. If there is someone that you really want to see make it through the next five years, as we see a decrease in the craft brewing and the strong ones are coming out, Don't go just, yeah. support. Don't just tell people they're good. Go yeah, no, drink go. their Drink their beer, damn They need money. There's a lot. Get out to the tap room. There are. A, I, I'm. I'm all in support of that. But I would qualify that with support. What's good? You want to encourage what's good. Yeah. Yep. Um, you don't want to encourage people to do stuff that's not good. But um, another yeah. thing you can do is is uh, um, you can kind of vote with your dollar when it comes to what size of company you want to support. A lot of craft breweries are getting bought up by. Um, international mega corporations, yeah. giant. Yep, they're getting bought up by uh, very, very large 
much larger companies. So Anheuser-Busch comes to you and says, we want to buy Junkyard. What's yeah, your number? Not, What's your number? Interesting segue. <laughs> Dang, dude. I think everybody's probably got a number, but um, it's I have no idea. What Mine's it, what, in the hundreds. In the hundreds, that, yeah, I, nice. hundreds of dollars. I could be bought pretty you cheap put a right Budweiser now. Budweiser tattoo on your forehead for a hundred bucks. Well, that's a bit. I uh, uh, already have one. Touche, sir. Um, yeah, so you can you can choose whether you're going to go buy that six pack of uh, Goose Island IPA, which is AB InBev. It's not even Anheuser Busch anymore. It's AB InBev. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, what? InBev is taking over the so, world. So yeah, InBev's really taking over. So you can choose whether to do that. You know, it's much. There's, it's much less. I see it between like your local breweries and which one of your local breweries you're going to support, and whether you're going to choose to support like AB InBev or all of your local breweries because you can go, you can go buy a lot of Minnesota-made beers. Um, and some of them of, may even suck. Mm-hmm. Some of them may suck. Some may be a lot of them. Maybe some of the best beers you've ever had. Some may be. Yeah, they're. There are a lot of affordable Minnesota beers out there that you can replace your AB InBev or domestic or, or big uh, macro brands with, and uh, you can choose to to support that instead of instead of a, a multinational corporation. So yeah. I drink less. I drink better now. <clears throat> the, I, right. the competitive sense that I don't see in you right now. You are really just supporting local breweries in general and I'm i really the, like that i'm all about supporting uh, good quality um not necessarily yeah. not about being local for the sake of local um but if you want to if you want to put money back into your own community support something good that's local that you really appreciate that's local um and you can choose to do that or or you know if your best option is some multi multinational corporation like or if it's Amazon, I buy stuff on Amazon sometimes. Yeah. You can't if you can't get it at Shields. Where you, I mean, yeah, if you can't get it at Walmart or yeah. Shields, you gotta get it on Amazon. Yeah. Okay, Shields. so Shields is different than Walmart, and I think you guys have thrown these we words around really, really. God dang it! Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to make an app, I'm trying to make an app comparison. Yes. But yeah, if you bad. can't get it at a local company, and that's your best bet, go that route. But I mean, if it's good and it's local, why not support that? It puts yeah. money back into your community. But in general, just support what's support what's quality well gosh darn aaron i really appreciate you uh, inviting us here to junkyard brewery and you taking the time especially to come and sit with us and uh give us some stories and you know give some of the people some of your opinions that you have regarding the scene and where it's going and where it's been and and we really appreciate you coming in and being a great host uh, we're going to continue to drink some of these beers and talk about them while you're gone. And uh, yep, we look forward to coming back again sometime in the future. And uh, again, Aaron, thank you so much. Yeah, for thank you us. very much. Well, I had a great thanks time. for staying. Learned a lot. Before you're gone, I issue you a challenge. Okay. I want a durian beer. I, yeah, I've never had a durian, <laughs> but I've heard things. I want it. And if you do it, I will sing your praises from the mountaintop like I already do. All right. <laughs> so nothing All will right. change. Nothing Except will change. I'll just be a little bad. happier. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks we'll be for back. Me on. Then we'll be back right after this break. Welcome back. 
from our break, and uh, we're going to sample a couple. Aaron had to go. Uh, he had to go be the family man. Of course, we respect that. And uh, we're going to talk about a couple more beers yet. And the first on the docket is the Ice Auger Lager. Why'd you pick it, Chris? Well, I picked it because it it, it's good uh, for the first part. <laughs> but... Um, ever, so we always kind of talk about it and bring it up that, you know, some people don't like a lot of craft beers and they're looking for something that's just more drinkable. Some of them that they're used to, you know, slamming beers, playing beer pong or ice fishing or whatever. And they're, they're going to, they're going to have more than one or two. And so the ice auger lager is more like your, what people think of beer. And I like the fact that more of these breweries are doing these beers and this is an exceptional version of it because uh, it's a little sweeter than I anticipated. It's, it, it, it's not as dull as some of the light ones. Um, kind of sweet, like a, you like know, a, what, like a cream ale. Well, like if you look back when we did our double blind study, I disagree with cream ale, but yeah. If you look back at our um, double blind study, that's a different flavor. Um, when we talked about Budweiser, Budweiser was. Uh, noticeably sweeter than some of those other beers um and this was sweeter than i anticipated too but it's real clean it's real smooth it's bright very crushable style beer and uh, i i think if anybody that's listening that doesn't really enjoy a lot of craft beers and you're more leaning towards those you know domestics those really typical typical lagers this is an exceptional version of that. Something very highly crushable that you can, they can bring to anybody. Your uncle that hates everything, you know, <laughs> except but likes, your butthole, but likes a lot of beer. <laughs> oh no! Well, let me just I go was... over what the what the what the what junkyard says about the ice auger lager. It's a it's a four point eight percent ABV, a clean session lager with a crisp finish featuring Maris Otter malt, which makes. Uh, this English-based malt gives the beer a bread and crackers taste with a darker color mm. and fuller body than most lagers. I would story. agree with all of that. Tastes like white people. Pleasantly surprised. It nice, like light, me. everyday beer. You said it, Jade. Seriously, this is like, yes, one of those like pontoon I, beers. I really like this because this is my second glass of it tonight. Um, because sometimes, uh, especially when we do these taproom takeovers, we've sampled everything that they have here. Mm-hmm. In in very small amounts, mm-hmm. we're not drunk. Um, but this but is the one you get palate fatigue, and you got to switch but, it up. Something, but this neutral. is definitely something that, like, you know, I want to go back to. I'm an experiment. I'm going to try something new. But then, at the end of the day, I also want to have something that I can sit back, relax, maybe kick back a couple more. And it's this ice soccer lager. You know, it'd be awesome mm-hmm. if they were to imperialize this. One, no, what? One that time. makes no sense. No. no. <laughs> You are Why the are you, only what one. What is this? It's it's a like lager. Hey, I really like these shoes. I wish somebody could wear them more so they smelt bad. That is a terrible <laughs> parallel, but yeah. <laughs> All right, what do we have coming this, this up would be next? A, this no, is a good, oh, what we call our what, side beers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is a perfect yeah. Yeah. Beer. Good, really clean, is. crisp, a good well-carbonated, well-balanced beer beer. This time of the year, pick up a three four five crawlers for you and your buddies mm-hmm. and go ice fishing if it's that's good, what you're into it's a good I mean, palate cleanser it's a it's a mm-hmm. it's a good refreshing beer you yes. keep you keep the stout the midnight spider as the wife and this is the side beer <laughs> all right let's move on to our next beer our next beer was the 
Uh, Steaming Greens. Uh, Steaming Greens. Uh, Mr. Chef, you wanted to bring this one up. Because it was so fucking different. Oh my god! Effed hey, up, hey, yeah. Yeah, it's all it's all goofadelic. This is what this is what Junkyard says about the Steaming Greens. Uh, nev- it's a New England style IPA at seven point six ABV. Uh, never baked, only steamed. That's the way we like our greens. Ah, yeah, ah. I see what they did there. This Nipa is dry hopped with two lawless legends, Strata and Vic's Secret. That makes so much sense. So those are uh, New Zealand hops. Yes. Shout out to our homies in New Zealand. You know who you are. So Strata and Vic's Secret for pleasantly ripe flavors of mango, passion fruit, strawberry, and an intense steamy green earthiness. Earthy. I was like, dude, immediately when I smelled this, I was like, oh, God, holy juicy nose. Uh, Holy that's all that poop smell. Yeah. When I first heard about We're this, this the good. name of this beer, I'm like, is this so? This is gonna be like asparagus pee. <laughs> you did oh. say that when I got here. Yeah, right. It and it kind of sort of kind of along those lines. Bit. Yeah, it's very. Uh, it's pretty intense right away on the nose, but it, it dries. Bites. It dries really fast when you drink it. So when and I first it, had it, oh sorry, I'm Go sorry, ahead. Chris. Sure. Okay, I'm sorry. So when I first had it, I wrote down boom. It like that flavor just. Smacked me in the face. It shaved off half my beard. <laughs> it, but it's thick. It is juicy. It was weird when it shaved off half your beard. It went vertically. From the bottom half. <laughs> um, honestly, this was probably uh, my least liked beer of all of these. I want to throw my notebook at you, but I got to um, read it. And, and a quick mention, uh, Jade and I were up at the bar. We tried this. She tried it shortly after I did. And there was a gentleman to your on the other side of you. When you took a drink of this, looked at you and said, what the heck? Our H-E double hockey sticks kind of look was that? <laughs> I uh, No, thanks. Literally, all I wrote down was no, thanks. I don't like hoppy beers. I wasn't a fan little much for you yeah, yeah it was just uh, well it's, uh, some people look for that in beers i don't well it's a real it like you said too it's really intense immediately and is it grapefruit on it As it seems like Did there's notes of grapefruit when you drink it in yeah. the nose it is nothing but oh. resin and nose I got <laughs> to me to me it was just juicy juicy like on the nose for yeah, some reason that too but when you drink it, it, it's really intense immediately, but kind of dries fast. And I got like this, these notes of grapefruit from it, which I, That's which I liked, which I liked. So I rated this one fairly high. I did as well. I'll say, I, I'll just say it. I gave this a five zero. I, I love it. It's, you it's, would. You it's, brought it. I it's did dank and it's dank and resinous. I did four five on it. Four five. That's good. Look, it's got pineapple, pine, and passion fruit. And those are like the, the flavors are lighter than the ones you will find in Galaxy Hops. But the notable fruit flavors really come out in the finished beer, beer when Vic's Secret are added as a Whirlpool addition That's or when dry hopping. Yep. Yeah, well. And my it's note- got the tropical fruit, pine, herbs. Yeah. My notes say, smell like smells like grass, hoppy in all capitals, lightly resinous, fresh to death. Fresh to death. <laughs> and, uh, and dry. And that... <laughs> A little Speaks dry finish to, to the Vic Secret yeah. a and lot. I haven't looked up the, the Strata hops to see what they would, would what their profile is like. That's a lot of the resin, I believe. Yeah, the Vic the Vic is a lot of the back nose. 
Well, I don't mind this one. It's different. I'll give it that. It's it's going down a different trail and using different hops, and I really respect that. It's just maybe not a hop variety that I'm interested in more in trying. Why is the A on Junkyard bigger than all the other letters? But I could, I do got to say this it one really thing is. about this beer that it that actually because it's supposed to be pronounced Junkyard. <laughs> anyway, Ernie. Junkyard beer. This this beer has a lot of really Nox. good lacing on the on the side of the glasses. What a great way to put that, Knox. This lacing you, is you, great. You in this use beer. your words well, my friend. This one in particular is just very sticky. Chris with, looks confused with, with the with the oils and it, it, yeah, it's okay. Anyways, go from here. No, we're we're to go into What's the next, next one. Just next? just to change the subject briefly. I'm gloves. not sure if we were going to talk about this, but. I actually like the Passing Notes, which is a New England double IPA. Best beer of the day. Better than the Steam and Greens. So I'm not sure if the double, if it smooths it out and it gets it to that last. That's what I would think. But I I like that twice as much. As a, that, that's the collab with the Black Stack. Yes, that's the one they did with Mosaic uh, and that's Eldorado. That's 8.5 percent. I actually like that a lot better than the Steam and Greens. And sometimes that confuses me when I, I like a, a Dippa more than I like a regular IPA. Well, I think that has to do with the hop varieties that you like and don't yeah. like. I mean, uh, we. Ox hates I think I think us. Well, I don't hate it. It grow. It's growing. You're on changing. Me, but, but I do like mosaic hops. I think all us here on the, on this podcast so far do agree with mosaic hops being a really good hop. You know, but some of the other ones are more juicy or dank or or whatever than we're used to, like the like the Vic Secret and the Strata. I mean, that's it's a different note. So it's maybe a totally just, different beer. Yeah. So it's it's it just it just depends strictly, I think, Ernie, on the hot varietals that they use that will make you like it or not like it. Right. Whether it's a double or single or a triple. At this point, they're making triple, triple IPAs. I haven't. We haven't delved into that yet. Yep. yep. Australian key, cheat codes and projecting by Blackstack. One of these days, we'll do a triple IPA episode, and nobody will leave Knox's house, and one of us will die. I hope it's me. If you guys are going to keep talking, God, me right. too. All right, there's there's actually one more beer that I wanted to touch on you a little bit. Let me guess, it's the other one that's rated the highest ABV. <laughs> <laughs> It's, no. the tri- it's the tri- oops, top gorilla it's the triple, isn't Belgian it? triple. Yes, it's the top yeah, gorilla Belgian is. triple. And I hate triples, and I will say it off right away. I enjoyed this. This one, you know, it's it's really hard yeah, with, these, with the Belgian good. beers to really find a really good balance between that banana and clove, like they like they do. Mm-hmm. But this one. Nailed it perfectly. And it doesn't taste like wet hay like a lot of them do. And I guess we're just cursing for cursing's sake now because we've thrown it out the window. Let's be honest. Well, you did. But no, it it was definitely smoother than I assumed a triple to be. Mm -hmm. Right? So it it still had the same like uh, Belgian triple characteristics on uh, on the nose and everything. To me, it was like uh, nothing really stood out about it. I smelled it like, oh, that's a. Belgian triple. Yeah, you could tell it was a Belgian triple. I tasted it. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a Belgian triple. But I was surprised at, at how it was smoother than I assumed, and it, and it was, tasted mm. a lot less boozy. Mm. So, like, characteristically, it had those flavors, but they 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 did a good job of covering up the booziness of it. I wrote down honey biscuits. Thank you. Honey biscuits? 
Interesting. And not a heavy taste. It is it is light. Uh, I think I read the description and and well, yeah, it, it pulled through for I, me. I really oh, do love yes. Belgian beers. I think Belgian beers are one of my favorite genres of beers that are out there. Uh, I do oh. love that fine balance that that certain uh, breweries can make between that clove and that banana that just nails that perfect balance. This this one's eight point one, so it's not as high as 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 you as think. It could be. No, and it's like the fourth highest ABV I think on the list today, or maybe third. But it's still uh, it's good. It's got that good classic flavor. I have to talk about it because I really liked it. If I was gonna rate a beer high, this would be the five point five in my book today. Yeah, I had it a little lower out of four, but hey, should we quick run down, throw numbers on the ones we just rated? Sure. Do you really want to? Yeah, why not? They're not here. They're not here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't listen. All right, let's well, go. Do we remember what we started? He's with, gonna though. listen. One, two, All right, let's three, go to the list. Midnight Spider and his five, daughter. Six, Spoder. So we did seven. Right? Who's gonna Who's we, gonna start with the Spoder? Midnight I Spider. I, I brought it. Five Mid- and a half. Midnight Spider. Yep. Knox. Five and a half as well. And I said Ernie? this at at home with Ernie because we we had we've had two of these cans as well. I gave it a five. Oh wow. Uh, ditto. Chris, five, right? Holy crap, guys. Uh, Jade? I'm not big. Imperial plus stout equals 4.5 in my book. That's wow. still wonderful. That's it's good for you. You don't really like no. those ty- types of beers. Stouts, yeah. All right, now we're yeah. going to move on to... Uh, did you, oh, did you start? You gave it. He started. I, so picked, he I picked it, so I voted first. Terminal Delight, Strawberry Banana. There okay, we let's go. rate that one. Oh, do you want me to give the number first? No, Jade goes first. Jade was uh, Jade was the one that had the boner for it. 5.5. I want it. I want more of it. 5.5. That's two of them in a row. Congratulations, Junkyard. Knox. Yeah, I'm giving this one a 5 easy. I almost went with 5.5. Uh, but yeah, I mean, their use of banana and v- v- vanilla beans is awesome. Mm-hmm. Ernie. 4.5. Really enjoyed it. High for a sour. 5.0. It's 7.1% ABB. Holy crap, really? Yeah. Yeah. I I censored myself unintentionally. I'm so proud. (laughs) So next one, Ice Hogger Lager. Mm. I'll start this one. You start Um, that one. uh, I brought it. As a lager. This was mine. I'm starting. Chris starts this one, yeah. 4.5. I thought that deliciously crushable. I gave it a five. Nice. Four and a half uh, any day of the week. Yeah. Uh, 5.5 easily. This is uh, one of my top three loggers I've ever had. All right. Ernie. I originally was going to give it a 4.5, but I changed my mind to a 5.0. Nice. nice. That a boy. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So okay. another one. Next one on the list. Top Gorilla Belgian Triple. Trapel. I don't care how Trapel. you freaking say it. Caramel, caramel. Well, this is pecan, my pecan. This is probably actually as far as this this style goes, the trapels that I've had with the Belgian. This is probably I'm I I'm very tempted to say six. Dang girl. Yeah, I'm gonna go with six okay. on this one. Wow. No, for, you're forking out at six for this for that the style. This this uh, this Belgian triple is as a, a, a solid six. You. Yeah, for the style, it's. Damn good. The best one I've ever had. Best I ever had. For me. Um, I really like the honey and the maltiness. Um, 4.5. 4.5. 
I'm going to preface, because um, when we were chatting with uh, Aaron, he had mentioned, like, why do why do people that don't like beer go out and rate beer? Right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm not a giant fan of triples. Um, Me either. So, I'm not going out to rate beer that I don't like. Uh, I still think it's a great beer. I'm giving it a four, because okay. um, it's one of my favorite triples, but I don't like the style. If I liked the style, it probably have been higher, because it's one of my favorites Understandable. Uh, in that style. But I still have to give it a four based on... I don't like that style. On um, base flavor. Yeah, and that's fair. I am right there with you. Uh, four. Same same reasons. Not a fan of the style? No. Okay. Chef. Not my thing. Three in a row, but it's uh, not a four. It's a four and a half because I, I do think they did something except exceptional for a triple, tripel style that actually made me enjoy it. So I give it a four and a half. All right, next one on the list, uh, we had the experimental sour cherry pomegranate, crap, pomegranate, pomegranate and lemon. That, we that's talked one of, about that. Yep, yeah, yeah, with the lemon zest. Pomeranian wine barrels at five point one percent. Didn't yeah. taste like that though. So uh, who, um, who who talked about that one first? Jade. Jade. Jade yeah. had it first. Thick, fruity, bubbly, five. Oh, she dropped the pen. It's a pen drop. Threw a pen and nobody is bleeding, so that's good. (laughs) Not this time. (laughs) Um, I thought it was interesting. I almost got bushied. (laughs) I I, I found it a little bit dry and like it was missing one note. That's a four. Yeah, I'm going to ditto that. I'm going to do four on that one. Uh, Actually, no. no, no, uh, Yeah, four. Listen here. I'm not writing any of this Stuff. Now you don't have round because we'll I'm, go back and put it. You in. probably yeah. should, but we'll take care of it. No, we don't. Bigger. I gave it a five. This is probably I, one of my really? higher ranked huh? sours. I like dug it. Yeah, you had a big sour fan. It, it tastes like sangria. It's kind of. It's kind of almost up there with the uh, raspberry sour. From I, I don't. Dis- you talk. Like I disagree. That. With you, a raspberry that, sour is god. It is a good sour. I did like it, but I'm going to give it a three and a half. Okay. All right. What's next? All right, next what up. What is this? Oh my god. Steaming Greens New England IPA, seven point six percent alcohol. Rate four and a half. Steaming Greens. Steaming Greens. Ernie. Two five. Two five. Oh, weird. I mean, not terribly weird, but. I, I, I almost, uh, almost a two. When he when he talked about boomers reminiscing, <laughs> four and a half. Ah, <laughs> uh, that brings me back. Jake? Uh, no thanks. Two. Wow, so, this one is very de- divisive. It is. This one's very. Either you divisive. like it or you don't. It's and like it Republicans can... and Democrats. We just want to fight. Nobody wants to get this together. Nobody wants to talk about why they're fighting. They just want to fight. It's like it's American hot purists versus Australian New Zealand hot purists. And in comes Gary Johnson with the four point five. The Independent. <laughs> yes. Yes. I liked his views. I think it's good, man. I liked some of his views until he spoke. I'm like, that guy's a moron. No, I love when he <laughs> when he faked that heart attack on TV. You're like, oh, marijuana will give you a heart attack. Uh, that, that's I voted for him because of that, and I'm a I'm a fool. All right, what, yeah. what should we comment on next? Thanks buddy? for ruining what's, democracy. Yeah, Kevin. What's next? What's next? And last, certainly not least, swimming in chaos. Chaos. I'm doing five point five easily on that one. Okay. Out the box. All right. Straight out the box. 
Ernie? Ernie? They've been producing some damn good studs. Oh, 5.5 as well. 5.5? I mean, All right. I really, really like the Midnight Spider. But, but we this like was, stouts. Uh, right up there. We are partial to stouts here, yes. What, Jade? Why do you keep hitting so me? Jade just keeps 5. hitting me. Constantly. I'm oh, just aggressive, easy, okay? Chris. I gotta and get it I out did, somehow. Uh, I did 4.5 on the Swimming in Chaos. Okay. Jade? Uh, Stout. I did 4. I actually like that Nuff's one. Dead. I would continue to drink it. Chef. I'm going to, to do an A-hole thing and compare two breweries that were doing similar things. And I have to give this a 5 because I gave a 5.5 to the Oreo Drecker Nightman Cometh. And mm-hmm. I think that was just a hair better than this. I agree But I still you. think this is a wonderful stout. Mm-hmm. And if you come through here and you are a fan of stouts, you should drink it. Yes. I'm not sure what you're saying. I'm actually 100% agree with you on, the, on that one, but... To me, the d- distinguishing characteristics are so minuscule that I had to put, oh, okay. put them on the same 5.5 on that. Okay. Yeah, I'll get that. Absolutely. I, w- I was tilting towards that, too. Because <laughs> that Oreo almost tipped into a 6. All right, guys. But that's ne- neither here nor there. So let's have our final thoughts on today's taproom takeover over here at Junkru- Junkyard. Best day ever. I, yeah, well, you know. Me being born was probably the best for most, but not for me. I had a I had a wonderful flipping time. I absolutely adore it here. They do a lot of family friendly events, stuff like that, and the beer is spot on. Yeah, they they do great. I yeah, talking with Aaron, I just had a blast today. He's so easy to talk to, and drink a lot of really good beers, and I do like a lot of things that they stand for too. You know, so I mean, come out support your local. Junkyard. Yeah. Yeah, I was just really super happy to talk to Aaron. I mean, he's so, so such a super friendly guy. I just uh, I just thought that he his brewery is bought up so big that he may be one of those snobby guys, but he's not. He no, not. man. And he's still a kid. Yeah. He has he's so, so long to sit and perfect his craft. He's going to do great things in the future. Let's have our final thoughts on mm. today. Jade, what, is it, what are they? I love it here. Mm. I will be back. I'm, uh, I'm waiting for summer so I can get some food truck food. Yes. There's food truck food on Monday. I was so excited when the peanut butter beer ran out because then I got to try a different one. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it was like planned for me. This has been a, a great time. Like parenthood. Grand <laughs> <laughs> parenthood. I'm the 40-year-old guy without a child. What the hell? Allegedly. It's <laughs> not a legend. It's you it's look in, older. It's documentary. You don't know. I look older. Hey Ernie, <laughs> what do you think about Go today? Piss myself. I was uh, pleasantly surprised because hey, Junkyard has typically a lot of a lot of different sours. Usually, mm. you know, three different sours. And some admittedly, you're not a big fan of sours and right, IPAs. But it, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, mm. The triple was I thought was pretty good, pretty solid for the triple, and the ice auger lager, of course. Yeah, is a beer, beer. So that that was of course. That's what I had in between all the other beers I had was was that one. So. Drink local, but drink it's nice junkyard. that drink, 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 junkyard drink. is consistent because they consistently like release new beers. They consistently Facebook mm-hmm. uh, ahead of time when they're going to release these beers and when they're available and their they their tap room hours and it, and it's yeah. it's I think that consistency is one of the reasons why. 
in my opinion, I, Junkyard is, has prospered well over the last few years. It's also a great reason to listen to Brews, Booze, and Reviews because we're very consistent too, releasing things once a week. Tuesdays, yeah. and if not twice All a week, those sometimes. Tuesdays, yeah. Right. And sometimes yeah, good about bonus that. material. Hey. And you can hear me talk about band-aids. Ladies and All gentlemen. the band-aids. Has anybody Knox? referenced Duffy's yet today? Yes. yes. No, okay. but I'm going to Duffy's immediately after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Chris, I'm going with you. But Sounds Knox, good. what was your favorite part about today? I bet I was talking too much. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> we discussed it as like, you guys are just sitting Actually, there, I was, and we were hanging out, drinking beer was, while you guys hung like, out and talked. He got, to, like he got to nerd out with a brewer, and he got to drink a 12.5% beer. And so. it was awesome. But it was great content. You Nailed, did a great job. Nailed Nailed Anyways, and, let him talk. Knox, hang on. Thanks for coming. Stop Bye, everybody. It's not Knox. your turn, Jade. It's, it's my, Knox's turn. I'll stick my finger in your turn to make fun of Knox. No, I you have a septum piercing. Great job. Oh, shucks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Anyways, what did you like today? I enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Aww. Aww. God Boys, damn it. getting all sappy on us. <laughs> no, it was, it was a good time. Take uh, my head oh, my God. Was it, you know, we had some good, Valentine's Day, huh? We had some good beers today. So, uh, yeah, we did. We, I, I got to interview Aaron finally. Uh, yes. And I, I, man, he's got some great stories. And that's, I think that's just the tip of the iceberg with him. Um uh, hopefully, uh, we'll be back here again, and we'll uh, pick his brain some more. And uh, hey, you know what, guys? Tomorrow is our one-year anniversary. Isn't so that, that would be crazy? January thirteenth. Yes. Yeah, so today's recording is done on January twelfth, two thousand twenty. So and tomorrow will be the first time that we recorded our first, first episode. episode. That's so crazy the to think about. That were the basics that don't exist. Look how far we've come. <laughs> and then devolved again. And then come again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of rehab. It's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let me say this. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for being my brothers and sisters in this in this podcast. Uh, one year. Uh, thank you so very much. And uh, let's uh, keep going. And hey, thanks uh, to the listeners. Keep having some damn As fun. we say at the end of every episode. Chris has his microphone in his hand. <laughs> yeah, well, because I'm starting the teardown. I'm, yeah, I'm he's like ready to go to Duffy's. Yeah. But at the end of our episode, we do a little saying. And what's that? May your glass be full and your spirits high. Cheers. Oh, that was a good one, Jade. Bing dong. <laughs> well, this has been a Predicate Productions episode of Brews, Booze, and Reviews. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at brewsboozeandreviews at hotmail.com. We here in the dungeon also want to give thanks to Todd Ruziska and Amy Klein from Beware the Vine for permission to use their song, Sex, Drugs, and Cabaret, off the album of the same name. If you like the song and want to hear more from Beware the Vine, or wish to buy any songs, you can go to cdbaby.com slash cd slash beware the vine and make your purchases there. We also want to give thanks to Ryan Dahl for his fantastic graphic design work in creating our logos. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, Please rate and review our podcast. We appreciate the feedback we get from our listeners in helping us make better content for future episodes. On behalf of everyone at Bruce Booze and Reviews, may your glasses be full and your spirits high. Cheers! Cheers.